Hello, everyone. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us on the Live Unreal with Glover You podcast, where every week, Jeff Glover and his coaches will dive deep into questions that you are asking. They understand the challenges you are facing on a day-to-day basis and still work every day on the front lines of real estate, with Jeff and his team closing over a 1,000 homes per year. In today's episode, Coach Matt Sutter talks about developing the leader within you and why leadership takes us further in accomplishing our goals than we ever could on our own. Now, let's hear from Jeff and Matt. We decided that we wanted to start Wednesday morning with something about developing our personal and professional selves, specifically when it comes to leadership. And no, I know a lot of times in a conference of, of mostly salespeople, the mindset is, well, why are we spending time on that when I'm a listing agent, I'm a buyer's agent, I'm an inside sales associate, uh, I'm not really interested in being a leader now or maybe not even ever. The reality is every single person in this room is a leader. You all have someone that looks up to you whether you know it or not. You're a leader of your family, you're a leader of, in your church, you're a leader of your friends group, you're a leader in, in your office without even having the title. Everyone in this room has someone that is looking up to them. So, of course, as you saw on the very first day, Monday, when we started the retreat, the Live Unreal formula, we encourage you to share that with others. Why? Because they're looking for you to share that with them because you are a leader to them. So this next particular session is all about developing the leader within. And when I join Matt on stage, we're gonna, I'm going to ask him a few questions. So without further ado, you've, you know him, you've met him. He's not only a former mentor of mine, he's a mentor of mine now because I continue to look up to this gentleman, especially when it comes to leading real estate organizations and just leadership in general. So please join me in welcoming back to the stage, Mr. Matt Sutter. Good morning. Good morning. Am I on? All right. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Now, can I start off today by saying I am incredibly jealous of every single one of you in this room right now. Here's why. Taylor and I are actually sitting backstage and we can hear the music, but we can't really see what's going out here. We've got a little bit of a monitor, but you guys had the distinct pleasure of watching Jeff Glover dance. And I am so envious of you of what you just experienced. In fact, I think we should bring him back out right after this session. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, all right, day three, as as Jeff likes to say, last day, best day. We got an amazing lineup for you today. I'm excited to kick off the day. How was last night? Everybody make it home safely? Few empty seats here, starts to happen around day three, maybe a couple long nights, yeah, we get that. Well, hey, I wanna thank you guys, and we wanna thank you guys. Uh, The general sentiment around around the entire event has been that this has been the best Glover U event that we have ever hosted. So thank you guys for making it such a, such a big part of it, yeah. And we are already deep into preparation for Orlando, so we hope to see you there. We're gonna have a thousand people there, which means twice as much impact, twice as much power, twice as much content. We're super excited for that. But real quick before I jump in, uh, you know, a lot of times, uh, as they should, Jeff, Taylor, and Kate get a lot of credit for the, the, the power and the scope of these events, and, and they absolutely deserve it. They're incredible leaders. I'm gonna talk about them a little bit today. But there are two forces behind these events that often go unrecognized. The first is the Glover U operations team, and the second is our incredible audiovisual team. Would you guys give them a round of applause for today? <laughs> Trust me, without them, these events do not go off like this. All right. Do you see it over there? Up on that hill right over there. Do you see right on top of that hill, that fort? That's the fort of opportunity. And inside that fort, right up there on that hill, 
is everything you need to live your unreal life. There's a problem. That fort is encompassed with enemy firepower. Hundreds of people block your entry to being able to get in the fort and the entire perimeter is surrounded by snipers, just making sure no one gets too close to it. Now, let me ask you this. Are enemy forces or obstacles gonna keep you from pursuing your unreal life? No. What's the answer? No. no, all right, we got one person said no, yeah. The rest of them are like, I don't know. I, I don't know, we'll see. We'll see, I don't know. It depends on how tired I am when I wake up. Well, now here's the truth, right? You guys wouldn't be here if you're not hard charging, if you're not ambitious, if you're not pursuing your dreams, if you're not, if you're not interested in pursuing your own real life, you wouldn't have made the commitment to be here. But here's how most of us, when we see that forward of opportunity up there, when we see the opportunity to get to our own real life, here's how most of us approach it. We take off and we sprint up that hill by ourselves all alone as fast as we can. Now in this scenario, if I go in alone and I go as fast as I can, what happens the second I get anywhere near that fort? I'm dead. Complete annihilation. Because one person, no matter how fast, no matter how talented, no matter how strong, cannot beat an entire army. Now imagine a different scenario. Instead of running up the hill by myself, imagine I'm leading an army that's a thousand times bigger than the forces controlling that fort. We have a thousand times more firepower. We have a thousand times more sophistication in our weapons. And we get up that hill, what's the likely outcome? We're taking the fort of opportunity. We're gonna get to our unreal life because we have an entire army and we will absolutely shatter them. Here's the truth. If you wanna take the fort of opportunity, if you wanna impact the world, I mean, if you deeply wanna impact the world, if you wanna change the lives of others, if you wanna help like what we talked about in the Live Unreal formula, if you wanna help others be able to put on their mask, then understand on your own, you have a complete and immovable ceiling of potential when it's all by yourself. If we wanna unleash all of the potential, all of the opportunity that we can do in terms of changing the world and impacting the lives of others, we have to raise the lid of our leadership. We have to develop the leader within. Now, Jeff said it really, really well earlier, and I was gonna introduce this, but let me just echo it. Um, when we get into leadership conversations, a lot of times the, the sentiment in the room, because we've got people at all different levels, all different experiences, all different roles, are saying, well, I, I'm not a leader. I, you know, I, I'm really good at my job. I do a great job. I'm not a leader. Let me be really clear, really clear. Your destiny, your ability to get to your unreal life is predicated on your ability to lead. It may just be different than maybe you've observed in the past or considered in the past. So here's what I want you to do. Take out a piece of paper. I'm not gonna make a whole lot of notes on the flip chart, but I am extremely visual. If you've been in the, the training rooms with me before at prior sessions, you know I typically do PowerPoints. I decided not to do any this, this year, but I'm gonna draw up here so we can get some reference and so we can get some perspective. So the first thing I want you to write on your paper is the word additive. Additive. Here's what I mean by additive. We all have 24 hours in a day individually. 24 hours in a day individually. And let's say on any 24 hours, we can move our, whatever our goal is. So this could be business, this could be, this could be personal, this could be spiritual, it doesn't matter what it is. But let's say we can progress in our goal in that area 10 steps per day. 10 steps per day. So when I'm doing it myself, in the additive measure, I can move towards my goal 10 steps every single day. 
Now, write the word multiplicative. Multiplicative, as in multiplying. Multiplicative, if you can't spell it, like I can't look it up, or just write it the best you can. Multiplicative, you didn't know you were going to spelling bee today, huh? Yeah, multiple, yeah, no, I can't. Thanks a lot. Hey, don't you know, don't show up the speaker. Here's where the power of leadership comes into play. See, on any given day, I can move towards my goal 10 steps. But what happens if I'm committed to whatever that goal is and I bring nine people into my world, nine other people into my world, so that there's now 10 of us and each of us can contribute 10 steps on any given day. Then what happens, on, instead of doing 10 steps in one day, now I've got 10 people doing 10 things, 10 steps. How many steps do we accomplish in the day? 100. See, when we start to go on the leadership journey, look at the difference in what can actually be accomplished in any given moment. When I charge the hill by myself, I die. When I lead an army, we conquer it. But yet, leadership can go so much further than that. Next word I want you to write is exponential. Here's the real opportunity. I always talk about, in my experience, I've been studying the leadership field for over a decade. It's, it's what I'm super, super passionate about. There's only so much any individual can accomplish. Yet, when we can do exponential leadership, which I'm gonna show you in just a second, you can accomplish absolutely anything. In fact, I heard a great story last night uh, at the, uh, the VIP event that I'm gonna share a little bit later about a single man from a very, very small town that's changing the entire trajectory of his, of his third world country. And it's because of the exponential power. Because here's where it gets exciting. I brought in nine other people, so there's still 10 of us. But now the 10 of us are gonna go bring in 10 other people and lead those 10 people. And then guess what's gonna happen? Those 10 people can now do their 10 steps as well. When you do the math, what's the impact in a single day? We now move a thousand steps in a single day. Do you see the difference? The greatest warrior will never even beat a very average army. All right, so if leadership is the catalyst to us getting to our unreal life, to getting to massive, massive goals, then what's the next step? So let me pause here, because right now, in the, Jeff doesn't usually review my notes, so right back there, he's probably freaking out. He's probably saying, oh gosh, now they're gonna think that, you know, they should just get, every agent should just get in the recruiting business, they should start adding a lot of agents to their team. Maybe they're just gonna give up production, right? Because that's the dream of so many agents. I wanna get out of production. Jeff talks on that all the time, and I am specifically saying no to that specifically saying no to that. Now, Jeff has said this, and I, and I do wanna echo this, and I'm probably driving this point a little harder. Sorry, Jeff, love you. Is that I true, too, very much believe agents should not be pursuing getting out of production, and yet some agents are able to earn that right. But here's how I teach it, is that you do have to earn the right to get out of production. Hold on, Jeff, I'm getting there. But if you have to ask if you've earned the right, you haven't. Imagine if I've never picked up a baseball bat, and yet I then go a step on in a major league field against a major league pitcher, what's the likelihood I'm gonna hit a home run? Trust me, if you've ever seen me play any sport, you know I'm gonna strike out completely. 
So you have to earn the right to be in pure leadership role. So when we talk about the power of leadership, trust me, I am not in any way saying that you need to go add a bunch of agents into your team. In fact, here's what I know. We get really confused in our marketplace. And, and by the way, the market hides this. We associate, we see big teams out there in the marketplace. We, we, we then immediately connotate, oh, that person must be a great leader. No. The size of, of a team, is there's no direct correlation to ability to lead, because here's why. We're gonna talk about this. There's three skills you must master if you're gonna build an empire. You've gotta master your sales skills, you've gotta master your leadership skills, and you've gotta master your business skills. Building a big team, guys, is actually a sales skill because it's recruiting. It's convincing others that they should come join your world. That is not a leadership skill. That is a recruiting or a sales skill. And of course, if you look across the country, and by the way, I'm not knocking anybody, we're all on our leadership journey, but how many top teams do we see out in the marketplace that two things are happening? One, they're not making any real money. And two, it's a constant revolving door. Four people in, four people out. Four people in, four people out. Four people in, four people out. See, they've got the sales part down. They can recruit, but leadership, here's how we know how leadership's working in an organization. It's when we're developing our people to hit their goals and then they stay. If either one of those isn't in place, we're not actually leading effectively. So we've got to cultivate our leadership skills before we start thinking at that angle. Now, last thing before we get into the, uh, the process for developing the leader within is I want you to take your age and I want you to subtract two. So however old you are, if you're 49, subtract two and your answer is 47. Some of you need a little time to do do that on a pen and pad, it was a little bit of a late night, a little bit of a late night, yeah, I got it. That, my friends, is how many years, whatever your answer was, that's the number of years you've been working on your sales skills. See, at starting at the age of two, you started trial and error your sales skills. It's when you went to your parents and said, hey, can I stay up an hour later? Or can I have a cookie before dinner? What you were literally doing is trial and error and seeing what worked. You've been actually honing your sales skills since the age of two. Now here's the truth, developing leadership skills takes every bit as long. My question is how long have you been working on developing them? See, honing our leadership skills takes a lot of an intentionality and I'm gonna give you the steps to do it. And yet understand, if you wanna really take that fort, the commitment to leadership and to growing your leadership within is a non-negotiable, it absolutely must happen. So let's jump into the four-step process for going on the leadership journey. And the first one, and not surprisingly, although quite frankly, I wish more instructors, or leadership instructors talked about this, the first step is learn to lead yourself. Get clear, you cannot lead others effectively, or certainly not beyond lip service, if you're not yet leading yourself. Leadership guru John Maxwell says that leadership, and I'll, I'll read this a couple times, leadership is teaching people how to think. Leadership is teaching people how to think so they can get what they want when they want it. Notice it doesn't say leadership is giving them answers or leadership's doing it for them. It says leadership is teaching people how to think so they can get what they want when they want it. Are you putting in yourself in position to learn how to think? Are you intentional with your books, with your podcasts? Are you hiring a coach to develop you? 
Are you going to events like this, right, and plugging in? Are you masterminding? Are you finding people that are higher in their trajectory of learning how to lead themselves or others and following pursuit? So here's five key components I wanna give you really quickly about learning how to lead yourself. The first one is be learning-based, right? Be intentional around the resources we're gonna find. So be learning-based. Leadership does not happen by accident, it's intentionality. Next, master living by priority. Master living by priority. So if you're familiar with the 80-20 rule, it's getting clarity around what matters. And I tell you what, we do not have a better model in the, and I'll, I'll, I'm just gonna go bold, in the entire industry than Jeff Glover at that, at mastering priority. I can tell you the number of things that Jeff would probably like to get done that never get done because he's ruthless about priority. Now guess what? How do you think that impacts us at Glover U? See, he's mastered that himself. Now Glover U can live by priority. It's a reason, and, and uh, excuse me, this is not a sales pitch and this is not an ego trip. There's a reason Glover U is the fastest growing training and coaching company in the country. That's not a brag, that's a, that, I, I'm making a business argument there. So does success leave clues? So I don't know, why do you think I follow a guy like Jeff? Because he's, he's mastered that himself. Next, uh, leader, or people that are leading themselves, they protect their mindset. In other words, another way to say it is they remove limit, limiting beliefs, limiting beliefs. Now, if you remember from the first day, limiting beliefs or any belief we hold is a rule. When we have a belief, we have a rule, and it's a rule that we follow, which means if we have limiting beliefs, we then have limiting rules, limiting rules that we follow. People that learn to lead themselves work on protecting their mindset and removing limiting beliefs. The fourth is leaders from within become highly accountable. Now, it's easy to rah-rah on being highly accountable. I can tell you the world teaches us to be victims. The world says you are a product of your circumstances and it's not your fault. And then if you were dealt a bad hand or if you had something catastrophic happen or, or a business deal went bad, it's not your fault. And by the way, because that happened, you're not responsible for anything that happens after that. Leaders are accountable. They say, this happened, okay, got it, now what? And then they take action and move on. The fifth, this one was very powerful to me 10 years ago, is they become more authentic. They become more vulnerable. I've been speaking on you know, some level, some form or fashion for now over a decade, and I had a great mentor because speaking has always been something that was kind of a gift to me. It, just, it, was, it, was, it was a natural gift to me. And I was having some impact my first couple years. And I had a great mentor, some of you may know the name, uh, one of the best business minds in our industry, Bowman Keaty. Uh, yeah, some of you guys know him, my, my, my biggest mentor. He said, Matt, you have a gift for speaking, but the challenge is you're not connecting with people because you're so afraid to show your flaws and warts because you're concerned they may not see you as valid or they may not think highly of you. He said, you're missing out. He said, be authentic, talk about your failures. You'll actually have a deeper impact and they'll find you way more valuable to pay attention to. Leaders are authentic and they're real with their people. We aren't gonna be good at leading anyone else until we're effective at leading us. Second, the second step on the journey of leading is to commit to leading your family, friends, or your loved ones. Your family, your friends, or your loved ones. 
How are you doing on leading your loved ones? For those of you with kids, are you teaching them how to think, as Maxwell said, or are you just giving them a lot of rules to follow? Because by the way, giving them rules to follow will create obedience and potentially discipline, but it won't ever actually help them get to their own real life. It's only when we teach them how to think that we're setting them on the trajectory to know how to take the hill to the fort of opportunity. Now let me be clear, um, a couple times during the event, I've called, I've called my kids, I've got a nine-year-old and a five-year-old, and my nine-year-old could not care one iota that I'm on stage in front of almost 600 people. She doesn't care one bit. It means nothing to her. She does not care that her dad makes a living as a leadership and business coach. It matters not to her. In fact, there's an old adage, right? Is that you're never a prophet in your own hometown. So if I try to talk to her about leadership, which I do, guess what? It's in one ear and out the other. I'm nothing more than just a dad to her, not an expert on anything else. But so here's my job then. I can become a victim and say, well, gosh, you know, my kids just don't listen, nothing I can do. No, but remember, remember, leadership is teaching people how to think. But here's the next thing John Maxwell says. He says, leadership is influence, nothing more nothing less. Leadership is influence. Nothing more, nothing less. So I'm going to come back to that statement in a second, but here's the beauty. When we commit to leading our loved ones, it will actually accelerate your leadership more than any leadership in business will. Here's why. When you commit to leading your loved ones, they don't have to follow you. You don't, you don't write them a paycheck. They don't need you to make a living. They can easily ignore you and it doesn't have any impact on them. And I've always been a big believer that if you can learn how to lead people that are effectively volunteers in their role, you're gonna be a much better leader when now you're leading people that actually conceptually do have to report to you because you're responsible for their livelihood in terms of writing them a check. So if leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less, how then do we lead if we're not a prophet in our own hometown? Well, let me give you an example of one of the things I'm doing with my oldest, and, and this has been powerful, so maybe it will work for you or you come up with other ideas. But in our family, we have a rule that if you're a member of the family, you're responsible for chores. We do not give an allowance for chores. We give you room and board for chores. <laughs> so you wanna make some money? Awesome. I'm gonna give you an allowance based on the books you read. I'm gonna give you an allowance because you're not gonna to listen to me, but I'm gonna influence you by paying you a certain dollar amount based on the books I approve. Am I able to teach her how to think indirectly through that? Yeah, influence, nothing more, nothing less. If people aren't listening to your words, find a different way to go through it. Give you a different example. Jeff Glover's back there, where's Greg? Greg Erlinger, is he in here, may not be in the room. Two, two, two teams that sell over a thousand homes a year. Guess what, JGA, tired of hearing Jeff. Easy sales team, Greg's team, tired of hearing from Greg. But what happens when Jeff goes to Cleveland and teaches at the easy sales team meeting? Whoa! Now, it's the same thing Greg's been saying for years, but it's coming from a different, it's coming from a guru. But the same thing happens when Greg goes to Detroit and teaches at JGA. Same stuff Jeff's been saying for years. Mind blown, because you're never a prophet in your own hometown. If they're not listening to you, find a different way, because it's really only about influence. Third, third, third uh, uh, strategy or third step in the process is leading in your community. Leading in your community. And this world has plenty of influencers and almost no leaders. 
Our communities are, are just starving for authentic leadership. Who cares what kind of clothes you wear or where you get your hair done or any of that other meaningless, trivial, uh, surface stuff. Our, our communities are starving for real leadership. And so that could be geographically, that could be leading our, the area that we live, that could be demographically serving, serving a community that we may be a part of, uh, that could be special interests, things that are important to us. And yet here's what we know, and I know the average age in here is beyond millennials. Let me get really clear, if you're not a millennial or a subsequent generation, which is the vast majority of us, millennials care about what you stand for. They care about what you're, where you put your money. They care about what causes that you get behind. If you wanna really authentically attract a network of people, start leading in your community because guess what? Millennials, you know, we've talked a lot about marketing and marketing is very effective, but I know Greg and Jeff will both say that at the end of the day, if it's marketing and it's not backed up by any authenticity, it's just noise. We have to lead in our communities if we're gonna get traction in that process. I'll give you, I'll give you two examples um, that, that most of you may know because you're part of the Glover Youth family. Taylor Kerrigan, known for animal rescue. By the way, she didn't intentionally get into animal rescue to help grow her business, but she gets a significant amount of business because of her animal rescue, but it's authentic. It resonates with people. She's leading that community. It brings people in that, by the way, wanna transact with, uh, with a real estate services. They come to JGA because of Taylor. Kate Simon grew her coaching business, quite frankly, because people knew her for her commitment to fitness. She was a leader in the fitness com uh, community before she became just this prolific coach that everybody seems to want to be with because she penetrated the fitness community that happened to also be potential clients for the real estate coaching community. I alluded to this before, but I heard a great story last night, and I don't know where he's sitting, and I'm actually not gonna share his name or the country just because I may, I may accidentally unintentionally butcher the facts, but I'll get at least the, 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 uh, the, struck, or the substance of the story right. But he was telling me, he was an immigrant, and he moved here when he was a young child, and it was a third world country, and he told me about a gentleman who at the age of 30 became, and I don't know if this is the exact term there, but effectively the mayor of a very small town, very, very small town. And it was a third world country, lots of corruption, lots of crime, lots of poverty. And he said, listen, we may be a very, very small town, but we have a vision to become an example for the rest of the country and frankly, the rest of our part of the world on how to become a first, uh, first, or excuse me, a first world country teeny tiny town, but what happened is he penetrated that and he impacted the lives of others and the word spread. And then he was elected to, and again, I don't know if this is the exact term, but effectively the governor of his region of the country. And he did the same thing. And, 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 and the people started following him because of the impact he was making into his now broader community. And that somewhere at the age of 37, which if you think about that, that's mind-blowingly young, was elected to be the president of his country and is now taking his country from complete third world poverty into the new era to be recognized eventually, and it takes time, as a country of opportunity where people that have immigrated from that country will now be inspired to actually come back. They don't have to come to the US to get opportunity. They can now actually get opportunity where they were born. Fourth, fourth step is to now lead in your business. Lead in your business. Now let me be really clear, this is independent of your position, I'll share with that in just a second, but it's independent. I don't care, I don't care if you're Jeff Glover leading 11 co uh, companies or if you're the person in the mailroom doing the filing. 
This applies to you. I'll share that in just a second. But Jeff and I have talked about this a lot is that a lot of times in our companies, we may have people that are, that are ambitious, you know, they wanna climb the, the corporate ladder, so to speak, and of course I get that, I'm an ambitious guy, Jeff's an ambitious guy, but typically what we observe from a lot of these people is they're waiting for the promotion to then start leading. Here's, here's how I teach it in my organizations. If you're waiting for the position to start leading, you're never going to get the, the, the promotion. Leadership is actually the catalyst by which I'm going to determine you're ready for the promotion. You may not have the title. Show me you can lead because why would I put you in charge of other people if you haven't shown you can actually drive results through those people? Start leading. Next, there's something called 360 degree leadership. So think about 360 degree. It basically means you're here and you can lead up you can lead down, you can lead sideways. It doesn't matter your position, it doesn't matter your title. And I can think of a few examples here. Back in the, uh, uh, roughly around 2012, I was still a young, young snot-nosed punk, now I'm just kind of a middle-aged snot-nosed punk. Um, and I was leading uh, five real estate offices, large real estate offices, doing, doing a couple billion dollars in production, which if you think about 2012, 2013, those were big numbers given what the state of the market. And I had a direct report. Some of you may know the name because he's really become a powerful force in our industry named Brandon Green. And I, what I loved about Brandon is Brandon was every bit and probably actually a better leader than me, but he reported to me. And what I learned from him is how do you effectively lead up in a way that's both attractive, it's not threatening, and it's truly coming from abundance. Now guess what? When I exited that organization, who do you think got promoted to my role? He did. And by the way, there was no other candidates because he had already earned the right before I had even moved on to my next thing, simply by his willingness to lead up. I can think of uh, the current director of operations for one of the top teams that I, that I work with. Um, I'll give you some perspective on this team. Uh, they're gonna sell 300 homes this year. It's their fifth year in business. Fifth year in business, meaning like, like zero to 305 years. That's pretty rapid growth. But a big reason for their success was because, is because of their director of operations. Now, when she joined the team, she actually joined as the executive assistant to support who had previously been the director of operations. And guess what she did? She came in and she was a force in a very attractive, non-threatening way, but she was a leader. And guess what happened to the head of that sales team? She recognized at some point, you know what? I love the guy that's currently supporting me, but Samantha is the right person for this role. Samantha didn't wait until she was given the role. She earned the role because she stepped into the role when she didn't have it. And then last, some of you, depending on what real estate brokerage you're with, and this is not a real estate brokerage conversation, but I wanna point this out. There's a gentleman that made news, you may see this on Inman later today, a gentleman that made news who was just appointed to effectively lead, uh, lead the national organization for expansion opportunities within a certain brokerage. And it's a name probably very few people in this room know. I happen to know him because for the past several months, he's been doing kind of an underground newsletter where he's been evaluating what's going on in the industry and giving analysis. He had no intentions, no ambitions from this newsletter. He was just doing it simply as he was coming from contribution. And yet he got so much traction from it, it got onto the desk of the chairman. Chairman calls him up and said, I'm really impressed with the way you think. Now he's leading a national division 
of a very, very large company simply because he started leading regardless of the position. I'll leave, this, leave you this with a couple closing thoughts. So our job is then to spend the rest of our time teaching and thinking about how do we teach our people to think so they can get what they want when they want it. And Zig Ziglar famously said, I love this quote, many of you have heard it, you can have everything in life you want if you will just help enough other people get what they want. You, have, you can have anything. Now, if you were in my breakout yesterday, one of the things I shared with you, and I truly, I mean, I mean this so sincerely, is the first thing I think about every morning in my business is how am I creating opportunities for my people? They have to earn those opportunities. But if I wake up saying, how can I create more opportunities, and then I'm also teaching them how to think so they can get what they want, what's the likelihood they're ever gonna leave me? See, leadership is the path to being able to get anywhere you want because they're getting what they want, because they're getting what they want. Now lastly, I wanna leave you with this. Leaders immerse themselves, immerse themselves in the leadership process. They go deep. I can tell you, some of the best leaders in the Glover U organization in terms of the, the clients have been the ones that have been with us the longest. And it's because they made that intentionality multiple years ago, they're at every single event, they're a one-on-one -on -one coaching client and they're honing their craft and they're developing. And so whether it's with us or some other group, where is gonna be your tribe that you're gonna grow and cultivate your leadership so that you can take the forward of opportunity? Was that helpful? Yeah. Awesome, guys. Thank you. Jeff, you ready? All right, nice job, Matt. Let's hear it one more time for Matt Sutter. So before I get into all of these cards here, we're gonna have some fun. I know Taylor's gonna bring up a, a, a stool for me. Um, obviously you've been working with a lot of leaders in this industry for a long time, whether it be you know, solo agents, agents on teams, agents growing teams, uh, owners of brokerages. What would you say are one or two things or characteristics that stand out to you about the best versus the rest, yeah. right? So when you think of like the best leaders that you've managed and you've developed, what was different about them versus everyone else? Because the reality is not everyone becomes a great leader. Not everyone builds a massive business. So something's missing there. What is it in your mind? Yeah, I mean, I can think of a couple things and this is truly an off the cuff question. So yep. I'm gonna answer it off the cuff because I mm -hmm. can come up with multiple things. But two things that immediately come to mind is great leaders remove their ego. Um, you know, Jeff and I talk about this. If you're the best person for that role, you're failing. Leaders remove their ego and they say, you know what, there's somebody better at that role. I just need to go find them and bring them into my world. And Jeff, my, my personal philosophy is in, in any of our organizations, if someone's gonna get promoted, the caveat that we require for that person, including myself, if I'm gonna give up a role and I'm gonna replace, replace myself in some of that, the caveat that we require is that the replacement must be better at that role than the person moving up. Well, that requires us removing our ego, recognizing we're not the best ones to do it. Because if we fall into that trap, guess what? We never get to move to the next step and we actually create a bottleneck. So that's the first one. The second one is great leaders are just, just obsessive about their people. You're just obsessive about creating opportunities for them, obsessive about developing them. Uh, I've got it in here, I didn't get to it today. Let me, re I'll read you the mission for our companies. It's our mission statement. It says, we seek to consistently move people towards their future. We, we seek to consistently move people towards their future. Now, by the way, we utilize that client-focused 
right? We're moving them towards their future, but really the meaning is actually internal, is we're seeking to move our people to their future, to getting their unreal life. I, my experience learning from great leaders is they deeply care about their people. Awesome, thank you for that. The next question I have is, you know, if I'm in the room and regardless of my role currently, right, I might be an inside sales associate, I might be a listing agent, I might be a buyer's agent, uh, I might be a team leader, whatever. Um, how, what are some of the best methods in your opinion to learn how to become a leader, right? Yeah. How do you get better at, at your leadership traits? Yeah, well, I mean, I'd follow that four-step process, right? So first, learn to lead yourself. Follow those five steps we gave you, including be accountable, be learning-based. Um, uh, and then um, beyond that, I'd continue to build relationships because um, here's what we know is that the conversation is the relationship. Mm -hmm. And if we're gonna become great at, le at being leaders, we have to be able to have really intentional conversations with our people. One of the things I learned several years ago, and by the way, it was not my natural style. Again, I was the guy that, you know, for three years started my speaking career and it was very like, like this, like I'm not gonna let you see behind the veil because you may not think I'm, you know, uh, I've got it all together and I still don't, I can assure you. But leaders have intentional conversations with their people and so in our organizations, we have conversations around divorce. We have conversations around financial struggles. We have conversations around children's problems. Because see, people are holistic. And so if I wanna lead people, I have to understand, I've gotta lead them from the inside out. What they do in their, in their job is the outward expression or manifestation of what's going on internally. We've gotta lead them from the inside. Got it. Last question I have for yep. you, Matt. Um, we've had a lot of people sign up for the 15-minute coaching sessions, and I know they sold out, and, and maybe they sold out again, I'm not sure. But one of the things that Kate was sharing with me is that a lot of people were, instead of using that time to you know, help ask a question about growing their business, a lot of them were asking about the salesperson to CEO program. And I don't want to stand up here and pitch the audience on the program. That's not, we've got a lot of stuff to get to. Yep. But in like 30 seconds or less, what will I learn if I take that with you? And have yeah, the yeah. so from salesperson to CEO, um, we, we talked about it before, there's three muscles to building an empire. It's, it's sales skills, which is the foundation, right? It's yep. the hallmark. Uh, the challenge is in our industry, 99% of the training is around sales skills. Now, we've gotta learn sales skills, we have to. But sales skills are great at generating cash, and they're great at getting us to this part. They don't get us to this part. And so salesperson and CEO is saying, okay, I've, I've got sales skills, how do I layer the business and leadership concepts they are now gonna actually allow us to build an empire? So we've got a 16-week course where we go soup to nuts. We talk about how do you attract people into your organization? How do you set your mission and vision? How do you run financials in a way that improves your profit margin? How do we develop our people? How do we retain our people? Mm -hmm. It's really um, an overview of the key concepts to get you on that trajectory to developing your business and leadership muscles. So it's really for someone who's probably already either master their sales skills or on their way to on their mastering way. their yep. sales skills, uh, they shouldn't start with that program. They should start with something else. But yep. once they've sales got person. the sales thing figured out to some degree and they wanna learn how to go to the next level in terms of leadership in this industry, then that's that program. Yeah, so this is for people that are already running the team or maybe they have a leadership position in a team or maybe they're at the point where they're really starting to think yep. about building the team. Right. That would and, be the target. Uh, next program starts, I believe, mid-August. Mid-August, And yeah. just like all the other mastery programs, it's $3.99 a month for yep. six for four months. So I mean, four months. that's $1,600 investment. Yep. So, all right, awesome. Cool. Let's hear from Matt. Thank Sutter. you, guys. Thank Appreciate you. it. All right. Thank you for taking your time to join Jeff and Matt today on the Live Unreal with Glover U podcast. To get started on having an unreal business, take the real estate self-assessment. After you complete the assessment, a member of Glover U will get on a call with you to create an action plan to improve your score. 
go to www.gloveru.com self. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Search for Live Unreal with Glover U on iTunes, Podbean, or Spotify and subscribe today. Until next time.